0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at @realtheunderdog.
1: You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show. with host Tyler Laurie and Zandric Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recaps the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to another episode of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined as always by my co-host on the left coast, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you doing today?
0: Good. I'm a little, I'm like Joel Embiid, though. I'm a little upset at the refs this week. Cause personally, I thought that dachshund should have won best in show. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah. for, For a minute, I thought about making a joke about this being the underdog sports Westminster dog show recap episode extravaganza. Cause that was the most interesting thing on TV last night. Celtic Sixers, like, the Sixers, I don't know, Zan. Like this, the Sixers just they, they're the Celtics own them. Like I know it's the regular season, but they're three and zero against them this year. I know they just traded for Tobias Harris, and they've looked good. And we'll get into it, but like, should we be making a bigger deal about how Embiid just really struggles against Al Horford?
0: <laughs> I saw some of that on Twitter and social media, just like people calling, you know, Al Horford Joel Embiid's dad. I, I don't know. I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, it's certainly a good matchup for the Celtics. They don't have to worry as much as other teams do. But I wouldn't get too in my head about that yet. I mean, of the two, I'd still prefer Embiid in that matchup. And I think Horford neutralizes him as best as he can. But a guy's still a beast, you know? He's still like a top 10 player this year. I don't, I don't think it's like he's going to become a non-factor or totally inefficient.
1: I think there's some argument that Embiid has – I mean, maybe he's fourth in the MVP voting right now. Uh, I mean, like I said, I still think, I mean, I think Harden is, is probably the runaway favorite at the moment. And I think Giannis is second. I think Paul George has played out of his mind. And I think he's right there in that top three. And then I think Embiid's probably been the next best guy
0: I would probably give it to like Durant or something, but I, I agree. Embiid would be somehow in the top 10. I was thinking about that too, because you always talk about like, who's number one, who's number two, who's number three, like who's number 12 and who's number 13. Like I, I might dig a little deeper into that at some point, but he's in the, he's in the mix. I mean, you know, he's like just a big man who's dominating and leading a top 14, but do you think, do you think the matchup's a real big deal? I mean, Boston won despite, not having Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, despite Marcus Smart going over 8 from 3, you know, regressing as we all suspected he might. Uh is this legit? Do you think do you buy into this like matchups make fights kind of logic here?
1: I do think the NBA is a matchup-based league. I it worries me a little bit that the six the Celtics are just so versatile and they're still it feels like I think they're 36 and 21 after last night, same record as the Sixers. I, I would expect Indiana's still been pretty good without Victor Oladipo. I would expect that Boston and the Sixers would end up as three and four. And I think that that's better for the Sixers. I, I think they got to do whatever they can to just get out of the Celtics bracket, make sure you're only playing the Celtics in the Eastern Conference finals, just because I, I think like. Horford can get Embiid away from the basket, which really bothers him. He can also bang with Embiid down low. And Aaron Baines has been a very good Embiid defender. Now, Embiid doesn't do himself a ton of favors in this matchup a lot. I I think that there's just no situation he should be shooting eight threes a game. And and this is coming from a guy who's a big, like, hey, let's let's space the floor. But, like, you just traded for Tobias Harris. You have another guy that doesn't shoot threes in Ben Simmons. Like, Joel, you don't need to be shooting the same amount of threes as J.J. Redick. You just right. don't need to do that. And, and against Boston, like, yes, it does feel like the refs swallowed their whistle at the end of games. I got in a long discussion about the, the call against, the no call on Embiid and Horford last night. But, like, Embiid, the, he's the best post-up big in the NBA right now. Like, wh- why are you giving them that type of win? Like, they don't even double him that often. So, like, I, I don't get it, Zan. It just, it, it seems like... For all the shit talking that Embiid does and how he acts like he's in everyone else's head, I I do feel like in this matchup a a tiny bit, he's in his own head.
0: Well, you make a good point. And I think you look across conference at Russell Westbrook is somebody who's kind of realized that in a way. Obviously, he's shooting too many threes. But the point being, he might fancy himself the best player on the team, but he doesn't need to be the leading scorer every night anymore. And I think it's really to his team's benefit.
1: Are you uh, giving Russell Westbrook a compliment? Nineteen episodes, twenty-two episodes <laughs> into this season where for about
0: if he can help Paul George play like, you know, third in MVP, he deserves some credit. Um, but I feel that way about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Like they're they're obviously really good, but there are games where they're not as efficient as other scorers and even scorers on their own team. I just looked it up today. The highest true shooting percentage on Philadelphia is JJ Reddick. And when they run their offense Geared towards him, I always feel better about it. He's just so freaking good at like you know getting lanes, hitting open shots, hitting contested shots. Um, he's not the better player by any means all around, but I like their team better when he's scoring twenty points a game.
1: I agree with that. I, I think that actually, and and we had before yesterday, before last night. We had talked a little bit about just talking about you know the Sixers and the Bucks and the Raptors since the trade, and I I did think that last night was relatively indicative of how we're going to watch the playoffs go. And it's been it's been three games, right? The Sixers uh, they they're they're two and one since they traded for Tobias Harris. He's been he has been very good for them. I I think there's there's no question about that. He does go over six last night, and I, I think that the the Tobias Harris factor, you know. Four straight years, his team has been worse. They've had a worse net rating with him on the floor. They've been, he's had a terrible defensive rating uh, largely his entire career. And when we talked about it before, that he's been on five teams in seven years while putting up good numbers, I do wonder if it's like, all right, well, if you're not making shots, does Tobias Harris help them enough? And the reason I thought Philly was a really good su- situation for him is, you know, you have Jimmy Butler who can create, Ben Simmons can create, Embiid can obviously create. And so Tobias gets to be more in that, gym, in that J.J. Redick role. Where you're in two man games, he's cutting, he's spacing the floor, and then last night against a, a, a good defensive team, you know we see him go four for fourteen and zero for six from three, and like that's not going to cut it, in. And, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be like overreacting three games into this, trying to make it work because it is a big deal. But if the guys they traded, Mike's got zero shots in thirteen minutes, and then Boban played ten minutes, takes one shot, gets six boards. It's like you're expecting to get more than twelve points and like eight and 14 rebounds out of Harris, Scott, and Marinovich in, you know, 45 minutes of their playing time. You you need more than that because this team is not deep. We've talked about it.
0: Yeah. Well, Tobias so is an interesting point because I was never huge into Tobias Harris. I thought he was a little bit of that empty calorie score, but this year I, I kind of turned the corner on him in my head. I mean, I think we talked about it. He was shooting about 40% from three. Yeah prior to this trade so i just thought maybe you know maybe he's become that knockdown shooter and i do think he would fit the team really well given that i i just like that he's you know a big forward i don't know small forward power forward he looks smaller than a you know compared to how big the sixers are i think it's just a testament to them you know he's probably you know the second shortest guy on the team right now right i mean is he shorter than jimmy butler i think
1: He's taller than Jimmy Butler but I I mean I, you're exactly right like the Sixers' length like we talk about the Bucks but like the Sixers' length a, a, is also really impressive in, like when you watch them like they they create a lot of problems. But I I do think the the one thing real quick like they beat Denver which is obviously a very good win. Uh, I was I mean they played very well, you know, it was a home game, but Denver has not been good defensively the last month and a half, two months, like they just haven't been. And then they played the Lakers and it's like look, you beat LeBron and that's great, but like Nobody is saying that the Los Angeles Lakers are a very good team. So it could be a little bit of fool's gold where we watch them score, you know, 117 against the Nuggets and then 140 something. I think they, I think they won 143 to 20 against the Lakers or something. But at the end of the day, like there's going to come a time where teams are going to be able to get stops. They're going to play three very good, def- two of three very good defensive teams in the playoffs. And you, you're going to need more. You're, you're going to need more from those guys.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you think of, what about the Celtics on the other end? Cause they, you know, they didn't play with Kyrie. And I, I think that one of the big takeaways too is Gordon Hayward is heating up, you know, six from seven from three at 26 points. One of his best games of the year. You know, he's getting a lot of space. I don't think anyone treats him like a star anymore, but as like a scorer off the bench is, do you now think of him as a productive player or is he still to be determined?
1: I think he has been an absolute net negative for him this year. I think they have been playing him far too many minutes. Uh, um, It's interesting that, like I said, against a team where I worry a little bit about their perimeter defense, like defense, that he had a good game. I I worry a little bit about Tobias playing 35 minutes a game. And, and, you know, you can't have Jimmy. You're obviously not going to have Jimmy Butler guard him. He's going to guard, you know, he's going to guard Jason Tatum or and and Ben is going to chase around point guards and stuff. So. Simmons, I think it's, you know, got it or I'm sorry, uh, Hayward, I think got a bunch of open looks last night and he made him. But I I am worried about Gordon Hayward. Like I would like the Celtics to play him less. So it's well, good I think to he's see him. kind of go ahead. Yeah,
0: he's kind of rounding into form. It might be until next year that you might see him. So I, I'd be curious in the playoffs that you can't really experiment anymore. You know, you can't like nurture people's ego. So maybe they shelve him in the playoffs if, if he progresses again.
1: I think that I do think that Brad Stevens is capable of doing something like that. I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't think that this current I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but I think it's like if Markeith Morris is healthy, like if his neck is okay, seeing a specialist like the Morris twins want to play with each other like you can't call them, you can't find them for tampering their twin brothers. They're obviously going to be able to speak. I think Markeith Morris is going to be on the Celtics for the playoffs. So that gives That'll you another really cool. stretch big. You can play the more, the more I can play together. I mean, I think there's going to be a situation where they're not going to have to play Hayward that many minutes. And I think it's going to make them better. My concern is, are we worried about the drama on the Celtics? Like, sure, it's great. They beat the Sixers last night. They get up to play the Sixers. Jason Tatum wants to play the Sixers. Like, he was traded for Markel Fultz. Like, I think he harbors a grudge there. But just the game before, they blew a 23-point lead against a Clippers team that, that is not trying to win games. So it's not like everything's perfect. And then Markeith Mor- or, I'm sorry, Marcus Morris is making comments to the media about how, you know, guys don't really, you know, th- th- there's trouble in the locker room. Did you see the Kyrie Irving quote that Kobe Bryant told him? before the season that it's good to be a guy that causes dissension in the locker room because it keeps everyone on its toes. I mean, like what the fuck is going on there?
0: Yeah. The, the more smoke where there's smoke, there's fire. I I think to some extent with Kevin Durant, but certainly
1: with Kyrie Irving
0: and you can even see it in their fan base, like Bill Simmons, super fans, like before the season or early in the season, talking about Kyrie MVP candidate, top five player in the league. And now they're like, well, we don't really need this guy. Good riddance. If you leave. Um, I definitely would worry about that from the Celtics' point of view. I, I don't necessarily know that they need him. They're going to be a good team with or without him. But to be a title team, I don't know how you can replace him uh, without Anthony Davis. So I, I think it's something to watch. I definitely could see him being disgruntled on a team. He wants to be the lead dog, but he's on a pr- team of pretty good pieces who have won without him. I don't know. I don't see him. I would say if you had a gun to my head right now, I think he's gone next year.
1: Do you buy the situation? This is actually the the parallels here to him and LeBron are are quite interesting. and, And we'll talk about the Lakers in a minute. Obviously, Celtics lose on a last second buzzer beater by Rajon Rondo in like one of the wildest endings that we've seen where Brandon Ingram just kind of takes it to the cup and gets maybe gets fouled, doesn't get called. And then ball kind of dribbles out to Rondo and he makes a jump shot to beat the Celtics too. So they were coming off just back to back tough losses. But the parallels between him and LeBron where, I mean, it seems like there's this narrative that Kyrie's teammates don't particularly want him to be in the role that he's in. Like they they may be better off with him scoring 15 to 18 a night and facilitating and making sure kind of everybody eats. And do you think like if, if we lose Kyrie for two weeks and the Celtics really start to play well, like could you see that bubbling over come playoff time?
0: I think it would be at the end of the year. I mean, they're going to want to, I think with all these teams, And the teams we watch, Boston and Philly, more than the others. Like, you could see it going south quickly with a bad playoff series. And I guess Toronto, too. Kawhi Leonard could just, you know, pick up his bags and leave right afterwards. Uh, Milwaukee's the only team that's really set, you know, and built. You would bank on them being good again next year or just as good again next year. These other teams that have all these, like, to-be-determined free agents, you know, not sure about their (laughs) futures – and so if they do lose badly in round two, is there any way they bring back Kyrie comes back if this team goes down 4-1 in the second round?
1: I don't know. He's a really tough guy to read. Uh, we, I think a lot of times people use guys having other interests as a knock on them. I know you and I have had this discussion before regarding like football. I think we talked about Josh Rosen where like, people were like, oh, yeah, you know, he likes other things. And like, really, what that means is he's like, not a football guy, right? But like, Kyrie Irving legitimately has other interests. We know this. He's, you know, we saw the thing about him making the movie about the haunted hotel in Oklahoma City. He did the Uncle Drew movie, like, he frequently comments on social issues, which is which is fine. I don't I don't mind stuff like that. Uh, But I don't know what makes Kyrie Irving tick. But what I do know is that there have been a lot of times where Kyrie Irving has said things, whether it be about teammates, whether it be about coaching staffs, whether it be about training staffs, that make me think that, like, I don't I don't know if he wants to be the guy, but he clearly does want to be the guy on the court. It, it's like he kind of plays both sides of the fence, Zan, where it's like you want to win, but you want to be the lead dog.
0: You bring up a good point, and it might be a stretch, but I'm going to try. You know, people make fun of Kyrie Irving. Like, I think there was a tide that turned when he did the flat earth conspiracy or whatever. You know, obviously a stupid comment and Pete got a lot of flack for it. But if you think about it psychologically, it shows the mind of Kyrie Irving, not that he's dumb, that he is a contrarian.
1: He is that, you know, he, he wants is to that. think
0: he wants to. Yeah, he wants to think outside the box. He wants to go be on his own team. And, and I could see him wanting to leave a good situation again and go to the Knicks and do his own thing. Um, I do think he's a different kind of guy and uh, it's not necessarily bad, but I could see how it doesn't necessarily fit into like a locker room where everyone's supposed to be like the Borg.
1: Yeah. And that's where like the Celtics are interesting because they don't have Stevens is obviously a young guy. We we think he's relatively good with, with egos, but the Celtics have this bad rap about how they treated Isaiah Thomas a couple of years ago. And like, all I'll say to that is like, it's a business decision. Like he, you know, it just, it is what it is. I mean, every other franchise in the league, I think would have done that. You can't hamstring yourself long-term. But I wonder if like that bothers, I wonder if that bothers players on the Celtics. And then I wonder like kind of who is their leader? I guess it's supposed to be Al Horford, but he's constantly banged up. You know, like Marcus Morris has a huge personality. Jason Tatum's just 20. We don't really know what we hear from him. Terry Rozier, another big personality guy. He has a tough time finding a rhythm. Marcus Smart, we know t- sort of how he's been in the past. So like, is this a team that's struggling for that identity? And does Kyrie kind of hurt them because of his sort of contrarian personality where it's like, well, we don't know if we can take this guy at face value. And now I am purely speculating, okay? I don't want anyone to listen to this and, and think that I have any idea what goes on in the Celtics locker room, because I don't. But there's a clear delineation on the other teams, I think. Like in Toronto you know, Kawhi's not really a leader, but they have Danny Green. They have Kyle. Like, they they do have guys. That, they seem to fall into line. Same thing, like, now they add Marcus Saul. He's a very good locker room guy, a vet who's been around. Then you look a little bit further down with the Bucs. Like, it's Giannis's team. We know that. It's already his team. Uh, they've done a good job of kind of, like, keeping Bledsoe in check because we know he can be crazy, but they have a bunch of other, like, very good character guys. And then with the Sixers, like, at the end of the day, it's Embiid. And I think the Embiid-Simmons relationship could be you know, could butt heads down the road. But right now it's Joel Embiid. And then Brett Brown does a very good job with them. So bringing Jimmy Butler into there, it's like, all right, he's going to have to take a back seat. And that was where I thought that could hurt. But the Celtics specifically, Kyrie is their best player. There's no question. Maybe Al Horford's their most important player. Maybe Jason Tatum's their most important player in terms of where the franchise goes. But their locker room is is, is a little bit more of like a melting pot than anyone else. And so that's where I wonder, like, is Kyrie like, just forget it. I don't want to be here anymore. And, and is it not going to be the team? I think they're intent on re-signing him. I don't think he's going to re-sign, though. We've talked about that before.
0: There was a storyline, remember, in Cleveland when Cleveland won the title about how, you know, fringe guys like Channing Frye and Richard Jefferson came onto the team and kind of galvanized the locker room. Um, so there might be something there. Maybe the, you know, adding the Morris brother helps. Although I do always wonder... If The whole locker room dynamics is, you know, revisionist history in some degree based on winning and losing. You know, it always seems like the teams that are when they start losing, they start blaming the locker room, and if they win, they claim they had a great locker room. I, I don't know how true would, that I really is, that. but I mean,
1: like if you look at, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one story that that I can that I know for a fact, okay. So when I was younger, I used to work at a company called Hoop Group as like a runner, which meant you like sold Gatorades, you shut up shit around camp or whatever. It's supposed to be a good opportunity to like meet coaches and network. So the first summer I worked there, Mike Brown, his son was a uh, Ohio middle schooler. He was either going into high school or he was going into eighth grade, but his name is Elijah Brown. He ended up playing at Butler. He played at New Mexico. I think he ended at Oregon. But it was right after Mike Brown had gotten fired from the cab. So Mike Brown came to the camp with us. Like he came to camp when Elijah was there was like four day thing. I think it was like future all America or something. So everyone knew that Mike Brown was there and that Elijah was his son. So people were naturally talking to him or whatever. So one day like he came over, maybe I was like, we were selling pizza like late night in like the lounge or something, you know, anything to like bleed these kids dry for their, their cash. But Somebody asked Elijah Brown like about the Cavs and what happened and this was after they had lost to Boston if you remember that when they they I think LeBron blew a 3-2 lead or something like that before he left to go to Miami and uh, it was when that rumor about the Delonte West thing and LeBron's mother came out. Do you remember that Zam? Of course. So somebody said like is that true because like you would imagine that Elijah being like you know whether or not he was seventh eighth ninth grader at that point I don't remember but like that he was in the locker room. Cause of course, if you have a kid that age, like he's going to be around. And you remember like the Cavs had all their stupid, like handshakes and pregame warm up nonsense where like LeBron was like the cameraman. They were taking a bunch of pictures and shit. You remember all that choreographed stuff they did? Well, they weren't doing that. And so somebody asked Elijah Brown, like, Hey, is it true that LeBron's mom slept with Delante West? And here's what he said. He said, I don't know. He's like, I never heard if it was true or not. He said, but,
0: I hope there's a butt because that,
1: otherwise that's he a said bad story. once he said once that rumor came out the locker room was totally different and guys that had been cool all year and were totally loose and everything like that they were not speaking to each other so I'm not saying that that's why the Celtics won I'm not saying you know LeBron still had the choke artist kind of ma- mantra then like or whatever like you know that people thought he couldn't win the big game but he did say like when that locker room dynamic changed. They stopped winning games. So whether or not it happened, I don't know. But the belief that it happened or the belief that something happened, because he said, I don't know if it was that, but something happened and it changed the locker room and they couldn't come back from it. So, you know, take that for what it.
0: That's interesting. And you certainly heard that, too, those rumors in Indiana, you know, with Paul George and and Roy Hibbert, apparently.
1: Now we'll do story. We'll is. do story time on that another day because i i actually have some some good ones on that one
0: <laughs> so those are pretty extreme circumstances though i mean if you're talking of, of course that.
1: of course of course of course
0: yeah so we, we have to keep an eye on that we gotta check you know Kyrie's tinder history I
1: guess. <laughs> well my, my thing is just like as the whispers get louder you know and Kyrie is different than kevin durant in the sense that, like, Durant just didn't talk to the media for nine days and then came out and called out Ethan Strauss and said the media sucks. And, like, I agree some with Kevin Durant, but, like, it's your job to talk to the media, unfortunately. And there's no reason to call anybody out because it's pretty clear that, like, Ethan Strauss is good at his job. But, like, with Kyrie, he's never really been, like, turned off by the media. So, like, you never know if he's going to say something and some guy's going to be like, damn, like, is this guy really our teammate or is he really looking to make an exit? Like, and as more things come up, like, hey – you know, I talked to LeBron and and I apologized or whatever for how he treated me or like, you know, I, I rented office space in New York City or I, I had a meeting with D'Angelo Russell. You, you just never know how guys are going to take that. And Kyrie is an open book in that regard. Like he's willing to say something that is going to be taken out of context and sounds stupid. So you don't know how his teammates are going to react because we don't know how their relationships are in that locker room. And that would be my big concern.
0: And you're, you're a coach. You've been in locker rooms. You know these players better than I do. Um, but I do think there is a little bit of, um, you know, the divide in the locker room coming after losses versus of course. before, of course. And so like, I would use like the example, you know, as long as we're talking about sleeping with teammates, wives and mothers, apparently Tony Parker slept with Brent was it Brent Barry's wife.
1: Yeah. That, that actually is that that's been confirmed.
0: Yeah. And they went on to win multiple championships.
1: You just got to make sure you got to make sure that you're the you're the guy that that ends up in that situation isn't the best player on your team. Like, <laughs> That's If true. Brent Perry slept with Tony Parker's wife, Eva Longoria, at the time, maybe then the Spurs would have crumbled because it was a role <laughs> player a messing point. with LeBron. You know, if 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 LeBron had slept with Delonte West's mother. Cavs probably would have been fine, right? Because they could have just cut Devante West. I don't know. But
0: Well, that that the, you always wonder, it's not about who should take the last shot. That's why the pecking order is important. Who can sleep with whose wife and mother? You get free reign. It's like your Carl Drogo or whatever. You can have your pick of the tribe. You can do whatever you want. Feudal Lord.
1: Speaking of locker room turmoil, that gives that brings us to the the you know, the best soap opera in sports at the moment. The Lakers lose to the Hawks. Uh 117 to 113 last night. I believe they they've lost two straight because they did lose to the Sixers LeBron was also at the Duke Virginia game on Saturday so take that for what it's worth but we've seen it we've seen LeBron sitting by himself we it appears that his young teammates are, are pretty fed up Lakers are under 500 now I think 28 and 29 if I'm correct about that Zan and yes
0: they're in 10th right
1: now I mean what's 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 your vibe there? What's next for the Lakers? We're going to figure this out, LeBron. You're, you're expecting LeBron to get hurt, or or what? Like, because it's. Cause I'm listen, just thinking about
0: just to to follow up on that mother thing. I was just it made something click because why did Durant go to Golden State? Steph Curry's mom is really attractive. Did you ever think about that? Just to tie that together, but no, about what you're talking about. Relevant point: Sacramento is eighth right now, thirty and twenty six. The Clippers are ninth, 31 and 27, both, you know, three or four games over 500. The Lakers sitting in 10th right now, 28 and 29. This is, I would say, the low point of their season in terms of just like desperation. You didn't get Anthony Davis. You're three and a half games back or two and a half, I should say. And it might not happen. I mean, Sacramento's pretty good. I mean, I don't know that they're going to dip below 500. So, the Lakers are going to have to win 44 games, I think, to make it.
1: This is a team to me that does look like, I think it's unfortunate a little bit. Like, LeBron, in sort of this whole mess that's been created, it's not that like he turns it off and turns it on when he wants to, but we've seen in the past, like, he does need to conserve his energy. And in the East, it was always fine because like they were never going to miss the playoffs. So, if they got into the three seed, it was always like, all right, great. We have LeBron. It'll be fine. The problem in the West is that, you know, if you get the eighth seed, you're not winning in the first round, even if you have LeBron. Like, he's not beating Golden State, not with this team. Maybe if they could somehow figure out a way to, like, rattle off, like, five, six wins and they get the seventh seed, like, maybe they can beat Denver. I, I don't know if that's possible.
0: I, I don't know if that's even their goal, right? I mean, obviously, that's not—their goal is to make the playoffs first. But I, if I'm the Lakers, getting blown out by the Warriors isn't the worst-case scenario. The worst case scenario, obviously, would be missing the playoffs. But also, highly embarrassing would be getting blown out by Denver. You know, like, and they might.
1: It's it's possible. I mean, like, what what did LeBron finish with? They what are they? They lost one hundred seventeen to one hundred thirteen last night. I think he had twenty eight. He had twenty eight, sixteen, and eleven. So he has a triple double. Takes twenty shots, and it's like this has always been the really interesting thing about LeBron. And and by no means am I ever going to say anything other than he's one of the best. In my opinion, five players of all time. Maybe, maybe better than that. I'm not sure. I don't like to compare guys across eras, but it's like, you know, the talking heads, the guys that we talk about all the time, like want to say, like, oh yeah, LeBron empty triple double or whatever, and it's like, okay, don't really understand that. And it's like, what more do you want LeBron to do? But at the same time, well, I,
0: I do have, I do have a suggestion But, but he's created, I do think- hold on, but
1: he's created this situation where like he gets his numbers, and you're no longer allowed to be bulletproof because just getting your numbers. On a team of guys who very clearly don't like you and now there is some sort of divide and we're seeing it, you deserve that blame. So numbers decide you deserve that blame.
0: And I do think it's something it's, tangibly, like because you look at the numbers and you think he's still the best player in the league and he still might be the best player in the league. But I, I you could watch the game and see that there really is a problem defensively and, and it's been carried over from the Cavs. Like his effort is just not there. His communication is not quite there. And that has to affect a team. Um, they just look, and that's why they could get blown out by a team like Denver if they're just playing well. I, I very much worry about that from the Lakers point of view. Looking at their defensive rating right now, it's not bad. It's actually 11. And he was, oh, and he was yeah.
1: good, and he was good, pretty good defensively last night. But the problem is it's still, like, it's obviously, like, there was the game before the All-Star break, so it's okay to play LeBron 43 minutes. But the fact is that you're playing LeBron 43 minutes a night, coming off in, in a season he's missed 18 games in a game at Atlanta. Like, you're right, Sam. Like, there's some problems with that. He, he's not – he can't do that. You, you just can't because you need him to be able to play 45 minutes a night when you eventually make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and maybe I'm overthinking that because Atlanta got really hot shooting from 3 and I think they made like 18 or something like that. But you can't have miscommunications that lead open shooters in the playoffs because it's certainly not against a team like Golden State, but against any team in, in
1: the West. Yeah, I mean Alex Alex Len goes 3 for 4 from 3. They they made 16 threes last night, but again, that is an issue if you give up open shots and you know, I I just think that a lot of the situation with LeBron has always been like, he's a great player, but, and and it, it annoys me when that gets said. But at this point in time, like, when we're talking about, you know, I don't know that I'm saying Paul George is better than him as a basketball player, but Paul George has certainly been better than him this year. Kevin Durant, I do think, is better at this point in his career, and he has certainly been better than him this year. Like, Giannis has been better than him, but also, like, as LeBron is trying to, like, kind of play chess and, like, move things around... What franchise, like, do, do you think there's a situation, like, are the Lakers, front? is the Lakers front office sitting in a boardroom being like, and including Magic Johnson and, like, Rob Palinka in this, are they sitting there and being like, man, did we make a mistake bringing LeBron into this and potentially, like, assuming he could bring someone here for titles, but now he's been treating our kind of, like, young guys so poorly like how are we going to get other guys to sign with him is there a group of guys in the nba that wants to come to play with lebron other than anthony davis who's rep by like, rich paul or is it just going to be like the young guys and the depth that they fill out around lebron and anthony davis assuming he gets there at some point is all going to be clutch sports clients and that's how it's going to work like who else is going to come play with lebron it's like it's bad i think right
0: yes but I, I do disagree with the notion. I've heard that. Like, this is a disaster. The Lakers are terrible. You know, what a mistake to sign LeBron. Oh, again, LeBron. And like
1: I said, LeBron's missed 18 games. So like them being one game right. under 500, like that could easily be them being seven games over if he played, uh, you know, if he was playing 82 games. So I, I take it with a grain of salt. Sure.
0: I just think the universe with LeBron is better than the universe without it. Like, this young team had some promise last year, but they probably would have peaked at, like, 40 wins or, you know, missed the playoffs. Yeah, it seems it.
1: unlikely that they're better than Sacramento without LeBron.
0: Right. And, and LeBron does add to their ceiling. If he was healthy, they'd be comfortably in the playoffs, I think. And even if next year this is the same thing, it's a 45-50 win team, it's better than not. It's better than the what the Lakers were before that. And you do have the biggest star in the league on your team selling tickets. So... I do think it's generally good. It's just a matter of it's a little underwhelming given our expectations, but we'll see what happens this summer. I think if gun to your head again, to use that phrase and it's such a weird one, um, it would be funny if like a bandit like breaks into people's houses and threatens them and makes them pick these, you know, Sophie's choice questions and then just leaves. Um, But gun to your head, Kings versus Lakers. Kings are two and a half up. Who wins? Who gets that eighth
1: seed? Le- LeBron, I think. I mean, I just like, I, I just don't, I, this is a situation where, and maybe this is stupid. It's always been my downfall. I don't play fantasy football anymore, but this was always a big problem for me is like when I draft people high, I didn't want to cut them early, even if they were playing bad. But until I see like LeBron not make the playoffs, I just, I don't believe it's not going to happen. But I, man, there are some real warning signs.
0: This, you know, we think of the all star game as halfway through the season, and it's not. It's not, yeah. It's not. Almost 60 games into the season at this point out of 82. If my math is right here, the Lakers have to go 16 and nine to win 44 games. That's not that easy to yeah, do. It's not I, a lay- I wouldn't that bet. That is
1: not a layup in the West.
0: Not at all. No. Layup. And they do have a hard schedule, too. So, and I and I think that 44. I don't know maybe that maybe they don't need to get quite that high. The Kings are four games over right now. But I think the Kings will be over 500 and the Lakers need to be in that 43 win range and and that means going, you know, 15 and 10 and that that's going to be tough to do.
1: And the pro- and the problem with this is like I would say in general the only two teams that like we are really assuming are going to fall out is Sacramento and Utah. Now, or, I'm sorry, Sacramento and San Antonio and now they're five, what are they?
0: Yeah, San Antonio, you know, their point differential is low, but they, they seem like they've kind of secured the spot. But
1: I was going to say they're five games up on the Lakers. So it, it feels like, you know, and then, yeah, and I'm, then Utah, I'm like writing them off. Yeah, Utah's five games up. I mean, and then Portland is six games up. So it's like, it does feel like Sacramento is really the only team. Maybe from a talent standpoint, San Antonio could lose a bunch of games. They, they win in Memphis by one. And, and again, the, the day before the All-Star break, it, it's a weird one now that, that, that this break is a week long. And guys want to get out of there. If you're not going to the All Star Game, like you're going on vacation, guys from the coaching staff are going on vacation. So I don't really want to chalk that up as any sort of thing to look at any sort of trend. But yeah, I mean, Zan, like it does feel like that the Kings are the only team that they can really catch because, like you said, like they may have to go sixteen and nine to get to forty four wins. But if the Kings win at a pace like that, they might have to go. 18 and seven to try to catch a team like San Antonio. If maybe San Antonio is reeling late in the season or something, it doesn't feel like that the seven spots feel like they might be taken up. Right. I mean, it does feel that way. I think.
0: Yeah. And and I agree. And in the Kings and we shouldn't ignore the Clippers, the Clippers are four games over 500 right now themselves. It felt like they waved the white flag, but maybe there's still enough leftover talent. And Lou Williams is playing really well to keep them over 500 themselves. And the one team I look at in the West that I I feel like they just missed their chance and maybe they didn't realize it, New Orleans, you know, they're 25 and 33. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but their point differential is better than all the teams we're talking about, Sacramento, Lakers, all these fringe teams. You know, if they had put it together a little earlier, I think they would be in the playoffs. And it's a shame that they're going to blow it up. For just like an underwhelming record.
1: I mean, that situation too, by the way, just real quick, is like, just pay the fine to sit Anthony Davis. Like, at this point, you know, he, he's fragile anyway. And then the league calls, and I, I guess the number is like, it'd be like $100,000 for every game that he doesn't, he doesn't plan. So it ended up being like $2.4 million fine if he didn't play. And like Adam Silver got involved somehow, and you know, then it got leaked to the media, of course, which I'm, you know, I'm sure that came from probably the Lakers as well, who are still whining that like the Pelicans right. Have- it's
0: a, it's a weird situation because the league wants him to play to avoid tanking, but it's not fun basketball to watch him like with a sourpuss out there playing twenty minutes, and a then
1: night. he's getting booed by like the Pelicans fans, and and I I, I just want to say that it's like. Guys, I I've seen a lot of things. I've seen like a lot of very interesting commentaries on this where it's like it's not okay to be angry at Anthony Davis. And like, if you want to be mad at someone, like be mad at the you know, the Pelicans' front office for not being able to put a team around him. But it's like in this whole instance, all the Pelicans have tried to do is be like, okay, well, our only asset and the best player that we have, one of the best five players in the league, has asked to be traded. We don't want to get our hand forced. We'd like to set ourselves up for the future, which is good for the fans. Obviously, they haven't done a great job but like I don't understand like booing Anthony Davis in my opinion is in this situation like I'm okay with fans being upset about that like if he doesn't want to be there that's fine that's his right but at the same time like you can't drag the team through the mud you can't try to force their hand you can't act like a baby and then say like oh well now I do want to play it's like a really tough situation for me to kind it's, it's very like untenable down there they're getting crushed like basketball sucks like I mean, it's a a sad state of affairs for, like, a team you said that if Davis doesn't get hurt, you know, early in the season and miss a couple games, they blew a bunch of guys out. Maybe they are sitting in, like, the six or five spot at this point because they've been unlucky, I think.
0: And this is not a franchise that could, like, suffer through a long rebuild like the Sixers did and be okay. Like, this is, like, a franchise, like, on the brink, I think. You know, like, they're sinking like the city. They're, like, below sea level. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, like... Like, say you trade Anthony Davis and the pieces aren't there. And, and you know, the, whoever you get, R.J. Barrett, turns out not to be a star. And you have this terrible team and the fans give up on the franchise. It's a very viable candidate for relocation. Um, I, I, I would be very nervous about that if I'm New Orleans perspective.
1: It's, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. Maybe they what they should do is they should get our guy, uh, John Taffer, from Bar Rescue into the Pelicans locker room and fix it up. And actually, the good news about John Taffer is if you like our show, you're going to love John Taffer's No Excuses on podcast one. The uh, best selling author and entrepreneur behind Bar Rescue is not taking anyone's nonsense and he's telling it like it is. And this week he's joined by president of the UFC, Dana White, another known fixer. So check out John Taffer No Excuses every Tuesday on podcast one or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You ever watch bar, you ever watch bar rescue?
0: No, but I can guys compliment you on that transition. That was like, you're like Zion Williamson with that transition. That was as well. I didn't even see it coming. That's how quick it was.
1: He's the type of guy that's going to walk into the locker room and like Anthony Davis's shoes are going to be untied. He's going to like slap him in the face and tell him like, you got to tie your shoes. And then all of a sudden the Pelicans are going to win like 18 games in a row. It's going to be great because that's, I mean, place John Taffer, when he goes into bars, all of a sudden they become money making machines. And so not that the NBA is hurting for money, uh, but this is obviously a slower week in the league. All Star Weekend is coming up, and I guess I mean we're going to talk a little bit about All Star Weekend, right? I, yeah,
0: let's talk. It's it's a, such a circus. But let's let's start with the smallest um, event. Well, first of all, let's talk about the draft. Do you do you like the draft format? It was LeBron against Giannis. Kind of have a little witty banter on TV, you know, taped on TV. Kind of cute. I mean, the tampering jokes were fun. I liked that LeBron was playing along with that. In the general format, do you like this superstar versus superstar format?
1: No, not really. I mean, not really. But I also, I don't really like the All-Star game in particular, but I I get it. Like, it's just the league has to do it and you do it in the middle of the season. But, I mean, I thought it was funny, but I I just don't, I don't really find LeBron very funny at this point. Uh, I I think that this whole like facade of I'm like a good person and I want to give like power back to the players and I want to do this is like. It's just frustrating. But, like, the All-Star Draft, like, for some reason, people like it. They, they they play up the drama. I think the league does a good job with, like, the marketing of it. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really make any difference to me. I, I kind of like the East versus West thing. Or I'd rather do, like, what the rookie team does and and do, like, USA, you know, North America versus the world or something. I think that would kind of be cool. But... I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's it, but it's a game that like, you know, people don't really care about guys are there that weekend to kind of have a good time in Charlotte. Yeah. And I thought that uh, it was, you know, LeBron's team is better. I think I think they're a lot better. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: he is. A, you know, we always give him flack for being a poor GM in real life, but he's a good GM in the All-Star game. Um, he picked the best players, I thought. I agree with you on the format. Like, it was kind of interesting this year only because of the whole tampering thing and, you know, all these free agents. And it's kind of fun to see LeBron potentially, allegedly recruit guys through the All-Star Draft. But after the draft's over, it's completely irrelevant. You forget who's on whose team. You know, it's so stupid. Yeah, I didn't know.
1: You did You did the research and, and put it on the, the prep sheet so I knew who was on the team. I knew that he had drafted uh, Davis, Kawhi, Kyrie, and Klay Thompson. I, I knew that, yeah.
0: And then he traded for Ben Simmons. That was interesting.
1: I saw that. Um, I saw that.
0: But, okay, let's go through. Who, do you want to talk about All-Star Game? So let's just say, who's your pick for MVP in the All-Star Game? You have the list in front of you. It's team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Usually it comes from the winning team, but not necessarily. Who do you think is going to dominate this weekend's All-Star Game?
1: I'm not sure. I would say that, uh, I, honestly, I'm, I'm really not sure. Because it's always like you you got guys that can like really gun. So, I would say probably it's going to, I think Steph Curry home in Charlotte, they're going to really try to make an impact with him. But I guess like gun to my head, I, I would say that Durant's probably going to end up taking the most shots. Durant or somebody like uh, Clay Thompson's going to end up shooting it the most. But if I was going to wager on it, I think I would pick Steph Curry. Cause I think the narrative for him in Charlotte, Charlotte fans are going to want to see him kind of get him interested in maybe come and play Char- in Charlotte later on in his career.
0: That's a that's a good call. I I just don't think they have the talent. You know, it's an undermanned. It's just so stupid. Like whoever, team.
1: obviously, whoever got Kemba. You know, not, not to be. I don't like. It, it's great that Kemba. Well, Kemba has a shot at the All Star sure. I mean, MVP
0: too. Hometown, sure.
1: but it's like for Giannis, right? Like I, I think like what did it go? It went like LeBron drafted Durant, and then Durant, Giannis drafted Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. LeBron drafted Kyrie, and then like Giannis drafted Joel Embiid, and it's like Giannis, what the fuck are you doing? Like draft Kawhi Leonard, draft James Hart, like draft another shooter, you know? And then he gets Paul George, that's great.
0: Well, they're not going to play together no, for of 30 course, minutes of, a night, course but, of course not, of course not. But like, I do think the one benefit of the team captain thing is, you know, the All-Star game is as good as the stars who care about it, you know, like whether they try or not at
1: yep. all. Yep.
0: And so maybe having LeBron have his team have some ownership over the game, you know, have his squad that he picked himself motivates him to try hard and that would trickle down to everyone else for that reason i think lebron is going to win mvp i think he's going to have like a triple double and, and be a playmaker and he's had a lot of negative storylines about him recently so i think having a little positive all-star mvp would be a good one for him
1: yeah i do think there's that there's that russell westbrook chance too where he just guns for 25 assists or something and wins mvp but
0: uh um, well let's talk about the other events i have a little game for you all
1: here. right let's
0: do it <laughs> the worst event in the league Actually, it used to be shooting stars, but now the skills challenge. But possibly another ridiculous sideshow is the celebrity game. Do you ever watch the celebrity game on Friday I do not. night? What
1: is it like? Friday night, it's like Kevin Hart and like Michael Rapaport every year, and right? It's like like nice all stuff. the stars. The and then they put in. Well, don't they put in? Don't they put in like WNBA players now who are actually good at basketball? And instead, we're watching well, like fucking. That's
0: my game. There's tw- the rosters came out. Twenty-four stars, superstars. I guess Caprio wasn't available, so they had to make do. 24 players. I'm going to read you the list. Can you get 12 right? Can you name 12 of these celebrities? Okay? That's the game.
1: Okay, so what, how am I How am I doing this? I'm trying to say what they're from. Yeah, like who are they? <laughs> just okay, a general right.
0: who the hell are they?
1: All right, go for it.
0: Okay, this is just in the order of Wikipedia. The away team. Sue, Bo- Sue Bird is coaching. First men on the roster, Ronnie 2K. Who is Ronnie okay, 2K? Okay, so he,
1: he's the guy that does like ratings for nba 2k He's Shit. Got like a high level instagram handle you're I, already I up to one That
0: was one that i would not have guessed at all so maybe you're gonna dominate this
1: all right go ahead keep going.
0: um this one you get ray allen you know him
1: yeah i know ray allen skip the obvious ones. skip like the former players you know what i mean like skip those guys because i will n- know who they are well
0: you've nailed ronnie 2k kind of threw off the whole curve here but okay next one aj buckley Who's A.J. I Buckley?
1: I have no idea who
0: that is. Okay, so you miss A.J. Buckley. Who's Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny.
1: That, that name doesn't mean anything to me. It's
0: a singer. I think oh, no, a, no, wait.
1: It, hold on a second. Isn't Bad Bunny the cash-me-outside girl?
0: No, that's something else. <laughs> I think it's something similar. Bad Bunny is a singer, and I think he dated somebody famous. Maybe Halsey.
1: Wait, um, Bad Bunny's a guy? I think
0: Bad Bunny's a guy. Man,
1: I am I'm not getting 12. I'm not, there's no chance. Who's AJ? Well, right, let G- me look
0: at the Cashmere Side Girl. Bad Bunny is a man. He's a Puerto Rican rapper and he did date Halsey. Good on him. Um, Cashmere Side Girl, we we'll have to look her up. She's not in the game. Just, a, oh, just a AJ Buckley
1: was unjustified. That's disappointing. I should know who that. Is. Okay, hey,
0: don't Google yet. You're 2 for 4. Um, Stephanie Dolson or Dolson?
1: Is that Lady Gaga's real name?
0: <laughs> no, that would be a big get. <laughs> You Don't give the NBA too much credit. Uh it's WNBA star. Um, Mark Lazary.
1: L-A-S-R-Y.
0: L-A-S-R-Y,
1: yes. Yeah, he used to coach. He was like an NBA, right?
0: Close. He's the he, Bucks he's owner. He's the
1: Bucks owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: But I'm not I'm not even counting that because you can't say he used to coach. So you're now two right, four wrong hassan minaj or minaj yeah yeah. he's pretty
1: famous he's famous dude
0: uh our friend quavo you know yeah i know quavo okay adam ray who's adam
1: ray no idea quavo takes the game seriously by the way
0: and he was the mvp last year he's our pick for mvp quavo we love him um adam ray you do not know don't know him he's a podcaster on something called about last night i don't know i've never heard of him either uh amanda seals
1: she plays in she plays in WNBA.
0: Wrong. She is an actor and comedian. I've never heard of her, but she's in the All-Star Game. Um, oh, she's
1: on Insecure. She's actually pretty funny.
0: Uh, James, you're not going to get this one. James Shaw Jr. He, you're not going to get it. He's a hometown hero. He's a guy locally who disarmed a gunman, so you don't know him.
1: Yeah, he's from Nashville. Why didn't you let me answer that? There was a <laughs> oh, you should, of shooting. Do you actually I know, know he, him? I know who he is. He was on Ellen
0: oh fuck okay well i'll give you that one you you now have five right
1: nice uh,
0: brad williams
1: that name's made up
0: <laughs> that is not made up is he's, this uh,
1: really the state of the celebrity game Where, <laughs> where's kevin Hart? keep going i don't know uh, brad Bradley.
0: williams is a podcaster as well um funny guy i've actually heard him before on adam carolla show okay the next team mike coulter
1: mike coulter no clue who that is
0: you'd recognize him he's luke cage from marvel um chris daughtry
1: Yeah, Chris Daughtry was on American Idol.
0: Okay, so that's your sixth right. Okay, Terrence Jenkins.
1: Terrence Jenkins. He is. I don't know. Keep going.
0: That shows you how white you are. He's a TV presenter. He's on 106 in Park. Yeah, he was on. uh,
1: He was in uh, Think Like a Man. All right, keep going.
0: Famous Los.
1: Yeah, he's a he famous less like an Instagram comedian.
0: Oh wow, I didn't think yeah. you'd get that one. So you're up to seven, Doctor Oz, you know.
1: I um, do know Doctor Oz. He's in the game. Jeez,
0: Rhapsody. Somebody named no, no. somebody he, named Rhapsody. There's a hint: R A P City, Rhapsody.
1: Well, I mean, I'm, that that means like it's a rapper, but I don't know if it's a man. It's or a, a woman. it's
0: a lady rapper, so I'm not giving you that one. Um, Bo Beau Reinhardt.
1: Bo Beau Reinhardt. I don't know that person either.
0: Uh Christian rock musician. <laughs> Christian rock musician, Bo what Reinhardt
1: with a celebrity game. Didn't they used to have like wasn't like Floyd Mayweather in it one year? Like what is uh, Yeah.
0: Justin Bieber was in it. Um you might get the next couple. JB Smooth, you know? I
1: know J.B. Smooth's comedian and actor.
0: Um Steve Smith, I'll give you it's the NFL version.
1: Uh Ajay oh, it's Wilson. St- it's, it's Steve Smith from uh it's Steve Smith from The Panthers. Yeah, yeah.
0: he he might be an MVP. he's a good athlete. A.J. Wilson or a Jai Wilson? A-
1: A.J. Wilson. She played at South Carolina. She's a really good WNBA player.
0: Okay, so you're up to 11. I had 12 as the over-under. You know Jay Williams, so I'll give you Jay Williams. Last one.
1: To win it, Jason Weissman. Jason Weissman? That doesn't seem like somebody I know. No, 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 no. He, he, uh, Jason Weissman's in Ballers, right? He plays the agent in Ballers is he <laughs> I
0: don't know. according to the list he's a hometown hero as well so i don't think you get that one oh my you God. did know the other hometown hero but you get 12 out of 24 right of how are these celebrities
1: that are in the all-star game is it like local to charlotte or something like this is embarrassing
0: yeah you think people just show up to be part of it like, wait where's michael
1: rapaport he plays every year is he out now like i thought i was gonna michael Rappaport's in the celebrity game every year maybe
0: he'll show up I don't know. You never know when you know when uh, Bo Reinhardt gets another booking.
1: What a terrible! What an what an absolutely terrible roster. I'm not watching that crap. All right, Rising Stars game. All right, who's so Quavo's our pick to be the Quavo's MVP. the pick for
0: MVP. Yeah, and Steve Smith. Steve Smith is a hundred option.
1: I'm picking Aja Wilson. She is an absolute stud. That's who that's the MVP of the celebrity game. All right, okay. Rising Stars World Team coached by Dirk. Right, it's. uh I don't think ben-, ben Simmons will not play, obviously. Yeah,
0: Ben Simmons is supposed to play. Luca is the big name. Laurie Marketin, DeAndre Ayton against Team USA. They have De'Aaron Fox, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, John Collins, Marvin Bagley, kind of a more deep team. Who's your pick for MVP of the Rising Stars?
1: This will be a good one. I think it's going to be, uh, I'm going to go outside the box and I'm going to go, nah, I'm going I'm to go right inside the box, actually, and looking at the rosters. I'm going I'm to pick Jason Tatum. I think him or Donovan, him or Donovan Mitchell, would be my my guess.
0: I'm going to pick John Collins. I think he's going to have a bunch of dunks um, and score like 30 points. Okay, and it
1: also, isn't it kind of interesting that Kyrie Irving's coaching the uh, USA team when he like often brings up that he's from, he was born in Melbourne, like that he's Australian? Have you, you is, isn't that not weird to you? It's an outrage.
0: <laughs> it's this big of an outrage? as this all star, this celebrity <laughs> roster?
1: I don't understand. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Like the celebrity roster is out of control bad. Like if this is the worst it's ever been, like I, there's legitimately people I've never heard of. How are those people famous?
0: Well, it's always awkward. Cause if you're, say you're Quavo or whatever, he's a good athlete, but say you're any celebrity and you show up and you look around, you're like, is this where my career has gone? I'm, I'm here with some podcasters. I mean,
1: Quavo, Quavo was on the air the, like a couple weeks ago, bragging about spending $50,000 at a club. So maybe he's, he's probably fine with his level of celebrity uh all right next one what is it skills challenge right the
0: skills challenge it's probably the worst event wouldn't you say i think it's less entertaining than the celebrity game
1: it's very boring like it is very boring and but they've done a good job now it's not just point guards anymore so like isn't jokic is in it this year
0: yeah there's only a couple they used to do the bigs versus smalls i don't know if they're still doing that because they only have jokic and vucevic
1: as far as big guys
0: the favorites are De'Aaron Fox, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic in terms of Vegas.
1: How is, how is Luka more of a favorite than Mike Conley? How disrespectful is that to Mike Conley?
0: Uh, the odds we have is plus 600. Is he your pick? I mean, value-wise.
1: Con- Conley would be the guy that I would go with. I, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be Conley or Trey Young. Like I, the, the, the problem is the shooting could really bother Fox like off the dribble and, and trying to go really quick. So I would pick one of Trey Young or Mike Conley. Uh, Tatum, I think, is an interesting one, but I don't think he's a, as good of a passer. Kuzma and Luka I just don't think are are fast enough.
0: And jo- Jokic is—it's really an odd you, pick for him.
1: I mean, you just—you can't, can't make a mistake if you're if you're that type of guy. Because like a big can win, but obviously like you're going to be slower. So like if you miss one or two top of the key shots or you don't hit a pass right away, whereas like with Conley, I think it's like he's probably the second best shooter. He's probably a better shooter than Trey Young in all honesty, but he's also so fundamentally sound that like you don't expect him to miss a lot of passes. Going to be tough, I think, for somebody other than Fox, Trey Young, or Conley to win.
0: Okay. And then I, I agree with you. I, I would probably check Trey Young, but plus 400 odds, not great in a big field. What do you think is the bigger deal, the three point contest or the slam dunk? Three point has Steph and Seth Curry. I think that's kind of more interesting. So why don't we go to the slam dunk contest first? Dennis Smith is the favorite, John Collins, Miles Bridges, and Hamadou Diallo from Oklahoma City.
1: I sort of liked it. It's the uh rising stars kinda of like the slam the sprite rising stars slammed on condos or whatever. It'd be fun to see big names in there, but like Dennis Smith is an unbelievable dunker. Like he he's just a tremendous dunker. We could see some crazy stuff. Obviously, no Derek Jones because he got hurt. It actually happened to be okay. I thought it was gonna be like Derek Jones' career was over when I saw the injury, but uh I don't like picking a guy like John's John Collins or even Miles Bridges because I think bigger guys, it's tougher for them to make their dunks look real cool. But John Collins is an absolute animal, like just a great in-game dunker and stuff. But when you're, you know, 6'8 or 6'9, it's not as impressive as Dennis Smith, who's 6'3, you know, doing like an East Bay. So I agree with Dennis Smith being the favorite. I don't think Hami is that creative. So I would probably do Smith and then Bridges would be my second choice. But I'm a little disappointed that like Collins and Bridges are both more power dunkers and even Dennis Smith is kind of more of a power dunker. And then like maybe – and like I said, Diallo is more of like he's really athletic and he looks like he floats and he can get way off the ground. But you never know. I've never seen him in a dunk contest before. So I would pick the favorite. I'd go with Dennis Smith. He's going he's gonna to put on a show.
0: I, and He's so small and so explosive um and he's going to be motivated after the trade
1: but it, so. but it's also too it's like you just can't miss dunks right so it's like if, if you you know you get your first two dunks and they're they're cool they're 45s to 50s but you make them on the first try then you're immediately ahead of the game whereas like someone like john collins he tries a bunch of dunks doesn't make them it's like even if he makes it out in his eighth try it's you know the, the air is out of the building
0: um i would say i would say dennis smith's the favorite and probably the right pick but i if i had to bet I would do Diallo plus 400 just because you just want a puncher's chance at that right.
1: point. It, it's, like, it, it's like it doesn't really any of these guys can win. You know, like they're all fine dunkers. De- Dennis Smith, though, like I said, he's this is a good thing for Dennis Smith, I think. You're right. Like he gets traded. He's actually played well for the Knicks since he's been traded. They are horrendous. You know, the uh, Wire Fox Terrier has more wins at Madison Square Garden <laughs> than the Knicks do in the last two months. So, you know, it's bad. But for Dennis Smith, like this is a good way to remind people that like he's explosive. He's an exciting young player like I think you're right,
0: and it's a big opportunity for all these guys. Like somebody like John Collins is playing well, but people don't know if he wins the Rising Stars MVP, which I think he might, and a slam dunk that could put him on the map. He's,
1: he's very good. John Collins is a very good player. Like,
0: and before we get to the three point contest, the cash me outside girl is named Bad Baby.
1: Ah, God, I was so close. So, but she spells she spells bad b h a d right.
0: And she spells. Not only does she spell bad b h a d. She also spells baby the same way, B H A B I E. And I was like looking up like why the H's, and it's not her name. Her name's Danielle Brigoli. There's no H in there. Y- you could probably guess what state she's from. She's from Florida. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Of course. Florida, if there's any purpose to their state, it's to give us the Catch Me Outside Girl.
1: Well, I actually will not, not to like make myself sound weird on this, but if you were going to pick like what clip you've watched the most of in your entire life, I would say that. I have watched that Dr. Phil interview with her a million times. Like, I don't know how many times. It's just so, so fascinating, like, that I, I just don't understand it, you know? Like, it doesn't make sense. to me. like, watching I'm like, how are you this way? Like, and then Dr. Phil, like, people in the audience, she's, like, threatening to fight them. It's just, like, it was literally, like, a perfect viral TV moment. It was just one of the best of all time.
0: My favorite clip of all time. It might be a little outdated showing my age. Monkey sniffing his own butt and falling off the tree. Have you ever seen that, that one? That looks
1: great. It's that's like a, that's it's like a classic. That hits all the actually, boxes for me. That's actually like a better thing too, because it's like a GIF you can send people if they say like stupid shit to you in like a group chat or something. You can send that GIF and it's funny as well.
0: Like, and I think that monkey is actually booked for the next celebrity game. That's how low they're going. They're going to the monkey who sniffed his butt.
1: That's really um, bad.
0: Three-point contest. This is interesting to me because it's a big field. Uh, ten, ten deep. Highlighted by Steph Curry, huge name to be in this contest. And he's, in Vegas, plus 160 in a 10-person field. Seems crazy, but clearly the favorite. Also available, Devin Booker, Buddy Heald, Joe Harris, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Danny Green, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, and as a fan favorite, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk is plus 3,000, 30 to 1. Who Who's your pick to win, and what bet would you take?
1: So you want guys... Like the reason Clay Thompson and like Kyrie were always really good picks is because you want guys that are, that, that are really good shooters, but also can get really, really hot. So obviously like Steph's odds on favorite, but like I really like Devin Booker, like clean, easy release, like not going to get tired. It's, it's very difficult to take jump shooters in this, right? So anyone that's like trying to talk themselves into Buddy Heald or somebody like Danny Green, you don't want guys that spend, expend a ton of energy getting their shots off. Cause even if they have good rounds to begin with, by the time they go again, they get tight, they get tired. So you want somebody with a very quick, like, easy compact release. So for me, it's like Steph is obviously a terrible value. Like, plus 160 is not good, but he's the best shooter in the contest. I really like Devin Booker. I really like Joe Harris. Like, honestly, I don't know how he's going to do shooting the ball off a rack, but a really good spot-up jump shooter. Uh, Dame is another guy that can get super, super hot. So I think I would probably – I would bet on Devin Booker. I don't really like any of, like, the low-value guys. I, I guess, like, Seth Curry maybe at 1,200. I think Lillard is probably the good, the best value here because he, we know how streaky that guy can be.
0: Well, and also, you know, if you're a savvy better, like like you are, like the long, bigger the field is, the more they kind of like trick you with the numbers, and there's less value because you can't really do the math in your head. But the, these guys should all be higher than they are, or bigger payouts than they are. I think Dirk is going to surprise people and, and get through the second round.
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem is you just can't bet on Dirk because, like, how many times is he going to be able to get? Twenty five shots off in, in a yeah. minute.
0: Yeah, I, and I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get hot in the first one and then become a storyline. Everyone's rooting for him, and then he'll get tired and bomb out. And I do love the Steph or Seth Curry line. Um, I would love to see. You know, there's some talk about Del Curry getting in there too. I think that would be hilarious. That I think would that'd be really funny. fun. It'd be
1: good. It'd be very good for Charlotte. And like honestly, like Seth Curry is a very good shooter. Like, there's no reason that he's not shouldn't be in this contest. Yeah, you know? he
0: he'd be my pick. I mean, I think he's not, obviously not as good as Steph, but. And if you're talking about bets, you know, plus 1,200 versus plus 160, it makes more sense. None of them are great bets. But if you're doing it just for fun, I would pick Seth Curry and Hamadou Diallo for the dunk
1: contest. It's actually funny that Dirk is in this. And and I I don't know if, guys, I, I don't love to plug other people's podcasts, but Zach Lowe is tremendous at what he does. And he had Dirk on his podcast recently. And Dirk was saying, like, he was politicking to get a 15 extra seconds in the contest and everything like that. But the first memory I ever have of Dirk Nowitzki, and this is, this is going to make me sound stupid because I know people that saw him play at Peach Jam and talked about how good he was with the team of Internationals. But I remember Charles Barkley picking Dirk to win the three-point contest in, like, 2000 or, like, 2001. So, like, while well, I thought adding him and Wade to the All-Star game was kind of eh, like, I didn't love it, like, kind of make him coaches or something – I do think adding him to the three point contest is cool because it's like he, he did it when he was young. He did it, I think, two years in a row. He was one of the first really good, like, big three point jump shooters. And it's like, you know, no, he hasn't really said that he's going to retire, but I think everyone's just assuming he's retiring, even though he hasn't come out and said it. But I don't know. It should be fun to see Dirk get out there and, like, get a standing ovation and stuff because definitely a Hall of Famer, but, like, just an unbelievable career and, and seems like a really good person, has a foundation in, in, the US and also has a foundation in Germany and like just in terms of you know what his impact's been on like European basketball you know a a really good moment I think adding Dirk to the game I think is awesome letting him coach the rising stars is awesome like just getting a guy like Dirk a bunch of FaceTime I think is really very good for the league I don't feel quite the same about Dwayne Wade just kind of how he's handled himself the last couple years in terms of
0: two legends and it's funny that their careers do end on the same note because you know they've played against each other in the finals twice and people don't remember that but you know it was very defining moments for both like it was a way to break out
1: he talked about like whether or not their relationship was icy because you know like remember obviously the 2006 finals you know <laughs> the Tim Donaghy shit like that's never going to change it probably doesn't even get talked about enough but like in 2011 remember Dirk had like a cold and like they were making fun of him after game one and then the Cavs blew a huge lead in game two. And then, you know, it was over. Or, I mean, sorry, the Heat blew a huge game in game two. And, you know, then the Mavs came in one and six. But it's like them and, uh, you know, Wade and Dirk didn't really have a great relationship. And he said, like, they're cordial now. But it's, you're right. Like, that was a kind of an underrated rivalry for a bunch of years.
0: And two big, the biggest moments of their career were against each other. And I do remember. You'll, you've asked me the longest time I remember LeBron, you know, Delonte West leaving with his mom, of course. Um, I, I'm old. I remember all this stuff, uh, but it's good to see him go out. I agree. It's a little weird to put them in the all-star game just because, you know, people do use that for like hall of fame achievements and stuff like that. How many all-star games you make? I don't know if that counts or not. People have but, that
1: in their contracts too, like all-star games. and Yeah. And, stuff. and like it's when like when you-
0: adding to it. So I guess it doesn't matter and in terms of hall of fame. These guys are clearly hall of fame. So I don't think it'll affect that. But like, where do you draw the line? You know, like. Vince Carter had a great career. I don't know if he.
1: I think Vince Carter's a Hall of Famer. I, I do, certainly don't. I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but like a Vince Carter's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So like, no, that's what
0: I mean. Or Kamala Anthony, they're both Hall of Famers, but are they good enough to get the honorary All Star game?
1: No, but I, it's like it, it's like also with the dunk contest, right? If you're going to put Dirk in the three point contest, like Vince Carter, like obviously he's not going to win the dunk contest anymore. But like that guy put the dunk contest back on the map. You know who won the dunk contest the year before Vince? I think it was Kobe and nobody really talked about it. Like it was cool, but it's like that Vince Carter dunk contest where he did the, like he did the East Bay, he did like the three sixty windmill. Like that was like the time when people were like, Oh shit, the dunk contest is cool again. So like, why not put Vince in the dunk contest?
0: Yeah. I, I've heard that argument. I just don't think he could do much. It's like when they have like the high school game where they have the women in the dunk contest, no offense to them, but it's they just win.
1: like Candace Parker, McDonald's all American. Yeah. It's like they
0: dunked, you know, congratulations. That's awesome. But the, you know, it's it feels a little odd to
1: me to watch that
0: like it's almost like patronizing to like clap because they dunked
1: maybe and vince and here's the other thing too it's like you never know if guys don't want to go to all-star weekend like vince might want to go to like the bahamas or something
0: yeah well i don't think vince wants to be in the dunk contest at this point you know like maybe he could do something cool still and and impress people on that curve but you know, how are you going to compete with Hamidav Yal, who's like 20?
1: This is one of the better, like, get off my lawn. Like, we're both old <laughs> takes that we've had. Like, oh, where do you draw the line of putting legends into the All-Star game? Like, <laughs> we've
0: like, covered it all. We've covered it game.
1: all. the game.
0: Respect the game. <laughs> we've run the gamut of the Best in Show, Westminster Dog Show, Bad Bunny, Bad Baby. I
1: mean, some of the, honestly, like, the celebrity thing is mind-boggling. Like, I don't even consider myself to be that far out of the loop. But, like, I've heard of none of those. Like, I mean, only knowing 12 of the people in the game, like, that's... That's Fair how many regard. I got
0: too. I, I give my Vegas Bovada odds makers some credit because I thought twelve. You live in 12. Hollywood,
1: though. You live. In I Hollywood. got twelve.
0: I got twelve as well. And I uh, we'll see. I'm not, probably not going to watch that game, but we'll see this weekend, um, and we'll talk next week.
1: All right. What do you got? You got one buzzer beater, or no? We're done.
0: Oh, you want to go to buzzer beaters?
1: Well, I want to talk about. The, I want to talk about the dog show for a second.
0: Okay, let's hear did, it.
1: Did you Did you think that the Wirefox Fox Terrier should have won? This is the 15th time a Wirefox Fox Terrier won Best in Shows. So, like. You know, is the dog show losing its allure if if the same (laughs) breeds winning so much?
0: Yeah, they should adjust the curve, right? Maybe they're just too anatomically perfect of dogs. You got to downgrade them. But to show you how big of a basketball fan Tyler Laurie is, you know, he's watching a game, the Celtics Sixers game, biggest game of the week, texting me, not about that, saying he's watching the dog show. He's watching the Westminster dog show with his wife. And so then, of course, I start watching it with my wife as well and we were into it um the the dog that won what was it it was a west fox terrier wire
1: Wire fox terrier wire
0: fox terrier it looked like a stuffed dog it looked like so perfect right it was like i that's why i thought it was gonna win i thought maybe they like it in our house the dachshund was the favorite and that little white fluffy dog was a favorite too
1: What white? Oh, the Havanese. The
0: Havanese. It ran and it looked like a smile when it was running around. Does it
1: not feel like the show's a little bit rigged? Kind of like the dunk contest is rigged for smaller dunkers. Does it not feel like the show's a little bit rigged for smaller dogs?
0: Well, I had a Bouvier Des
1: Flanders growing up.
0: The big black sheepdog.
1: You had one of those dogs? Baby Lars? You had that dog?
0: (laughs) I had Baby Lars. That's awesome.
1: That dog was great. It didn't look like he could see, though.
0: No, yeah. That was always the problem. It always had hair in its eyes. And, um, but that was the first Bouvier to ever make the best in show finals. That was a big deal.
1: How did you, how did you feel about that in that moment?
0: Well, our dog has passed away and I think he's looking down proud. That's a big moment.
1: I mean, I have a Wheaton Terrier and we don't keep the dog, like the Wheaton show cut. They have bangs in their eyes too. Like, and they can't see anything, but we don't, we don't keep him cut like that. Cause it's like very odd, but we were also locked in. I, I didn't feel my wife was really interested in the outcome of the Terrier group and was actually bitter that the Wheaton got fourth. Like she thought it was it was definitely not okay that that happened. And I was like, well, you don't know how they judge the dogs. And she was like, yeah, it's just all these old white people out there saying like, oh, there's a little speck of crap on the fur. Like I don't – I don't. how do you become a dog show judge? <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> That guy had won multiple times. They said that old white guy. Um, he won multiple times. But then times.
1: he rigged it. He rigged it so the one dog that he was part owner of got into the best in show and then they, they didn't allow him to pick that dog. They only let it walk around for a minute and then took it out. That was a hilarious nice. controversy.
0: Well, here's my buzzer beater to you. Best Christopher Guest mockumentary, Spinal Tap, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. Have you seen them? And do you have rank them?
1: I, I have, I have seen them. Uh, Best in Show, I think, is is the funniest, but Spinal Tap is hilarious. I I say this one goes to eleven, like much more than I should. So I, I'll go with Spinal Tap. I didn't know he had three documents.
0: Yeah, there's more. There's there's like a couple more that aren't as good. And for younger people out there who don't remember, you know. The Delonte West controversy maybe you don't even remember Spinal Tap Spinal Tap you know most of those comedies made in like the 70s and 80s like don't really hold up as well as you think like Animal House and Caddyshack Spinal Tap holds up really well you should watch it and I had the DVD at one point they had like the actor's commentary and they do it in character and it's really funny too
1: do you not think Animal House holds up? It's a little
0: slow. I mean, all those old comedy Caddyshack,
1: they're a little slower than you expect for people nowadays. But why isn't, Bill Mur- why isn't Bill Murray in the celebrity game? He shows up at random places all the time. The
0: spot was taken. <laughs> they they bad, got that Adam bad, Ray's books and they had to say no.
1: <laughs> bad Bunny. All right. Last buzzer beater for me. Was the dog show the most embarrassing thing you've watched on TV this week?
0: Oh, you should see our, our DVR list. That's hardly, that's high end for us. <laughs> I mean, we're watching The Bachelor. Do you guys watch The Bachelor?
1: I do not. Uh, I do Okay, not.
0: we watch I, The Bachelor. I, we watch Married at First Sight. We watch a bunch of shit.
1: Isn't it staged, The Bachelor? No, how dare you? Well, I saw, so I saw the one girl was on the show and she had never kissed anyone before. And then on her date in China with Colton she kissed
0: you, you, Col- you know a lot about it for a guy who doesn't watch the show i have to admit how
1: about the how about the other girl left the show on how do you the kn- how do you know show? all this they talk about it on different podcasts sometimes i guess a lot of people watch it but i i mean i watch enough trash tv right like i watch floor bim Shore*. that shows the worst i watch vanderpump rules like I, trust me but the girl goes on the bachelor right and then leaves the show because she's angry that colton was on dates with other people like what what the heck is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: – Like, don't rob the audience of the rose. Isn't the rose ceremony the most important part? Yeah,
0: it's always these girls who, like, know that they're on the bottom and this kind of flame out because, like, this guy
1: – Right, because – Well, you can get other bachelor – you can get other, like, reality TV opportunities if you're, like, a good character, right? right?
0: and Colton, if you watch the show, he's, like, 25. He's a virgin. He, he's kind of, like – a seems like a nice guy. He's just very, like, immature and inexperienced
1: allegedly that's a uh, that's not true there's people debating whether or not he's a virgin didn't he play in the NFL? yeah he, he did in Ali Reisman, yeah right?
0: he actually did play i looked him up he he was like a draftable prospect he got undrafted but he was like in the mix um but he the, all the other girls who are like the older girls and the crabbier girls like complain because he's like he only picks the girls that are pretty and fun it's like okay sorry <laughs> you know like what do you want you get like five minutes with each girl you're gonna pick the pretty fun one sorry he's not making
1: is he the first person, is he the first person since, uh, oh my God. What, what's, uh, what's the girl from that's married to Sasha Baron? Elsa Fisher. Yeah, is that her yeah, name? Yeah. Isla Fisher. Is, 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 is Isla Fils- El- Elsa Fisher was in eighth grade, right? Isla Fisher, uh, she remember she lied to Vince Vaughn on Wedding Crashers and told her told him she was a virgin. Is Colton now the second person that's lied about being a virgin to try to like impress people? I don't know.
0: I, I'd buy that he's a virgin. It's not the most impressive thing for a guy to to come. It's out, a but.
1: bold move. Does that make him seem like a nicer guy? I mean, he's a he's a good looking guy, right? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he's gonna lose it because he's all over these girls. He's he's raring to go almost every date. He's mauling them. The you know the few that he likes. He likes like two or three of them
1: um i was gonna say he dated he dated Ali raisman so it's you know he's been in the public spotlight before so he's colton in it for the right no, reasons and that's, that's the- what we'll talk about next week <laughs> on this show
0: yeah the, we got to squeeze in a little basketball we'll try to do a little more of it next week but it's going to be a week off so you can enjoy yourself catch up on bachelor
1: yeah all right zan we uh email the show Xander gelson at gmail.com if you like what you hear uh give us five stars subscribe on itunes and stitcher leave us a review and like zan said We'll be back with more Bachelor Talk next week. Enjoy the All-Star Game and uh, All-Star Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. <laughs>